All right, welcome back to the Conversations with Christians podcast. I'm Luke Calvert, joined by Mitch Green today and a special guest. Uh, we were joined today by Ariel Eldridge. Hey. Yes, yes. Ariel is a good friend, not not just coworker, but a good friend of Mitch and I. So. And sister. Yes, and Christ. sister. <laughs> Sis, sister, right? So for sure. Yeah, sister. yeah. <laughs> just sister. So, um, so yeah. So uh, we are continuing continuing our foundations course. So once again, uh, you can go to our website at uh, conversationswithchristians.com. Uh, just hit the foundations link and to sign up. If you're if you're not you didn't start this past week, that's completely fine. You can walk through these with a friend. You can walk th- through these with Mitch and I, or you can also just walk through these videos on your own. Um, but we are we are beginning the Foundations course. It is live now on the website. Uh, and so we actually had our, our first meeting this this past Monday night. So, Mitch, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that, was, that was a really cool well, opportunity. I mean, the first thing we learned is that we're going to rewrite the discussion guides. Yes, that, that happened fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we wrote the discussion guides, and then when we prepared for discussion, we're like, we've got better versions of discussion guides yeah. in our minds. Yeah. So that was that's the first thing we learned. But, no, it's fun. I, it's fun to talk about these things with people mm-hmm. at any hour. You know, yeah. to sit around and talk about how God's informed us. I think it, one of the most fun parts was we worked through each lesson, and mm-hmm. we just kind of asked the question that if someone asked you, what is a Christian, what would you say? If somebody asked you what the gospel is, what would you say? What's the Bible? And we, mm-hmm. we asked these guys, and, and our group was all people that professed to be believers, but um, I thought found the, the crisscross of answers really yeah, encouraging. I thought that was one of the cooler parts. I was like, oh, that's... I was trying to say that, but the way you said that was more clear than yeah. my answer. And so, I don't know. I thought that was really Yeah. Good. And I think sometimes, and, and the whole purpose of us doing this course uh, and us doing this podcast is sometimes we we assume that we know things, you know, and I, and I do this myself. Like, what is the gospel? What is the Christian mission? What is the our hope in heaven? It's like, I think I have an answer for that. But then when it goes to it or someone asks, like, I, I don't always feel equipped to. So, it's so cool to sit down with other believers and sharpening one another and saying, what is the gospel message? How how can we be clear on that? What is the Christian mission? How can we be clear on that? And just walking through even the Apostles' Creed. Oh, and, the, and the last thing I'll say is like we, all of us are who are taking this class, and we know who the people are, but they're all in different spots. Mm-hmm. We have people that are non-Christians. Yep. We have people that are professing Christians that are, you know, wanting to te- take other people mm-hmm. through this. So they're just doing it to learn a tool to teach other people. We have some people that they're Christian, but they've kind of walked away from the faith and they're wanting to come back to the mm-hmm. faith. Then we have people that are wrestling with, like, do they have a faith? And so I I think that's the most fun part about it is, like, this is foundational material, but Luke and I, you know, we've been able to sit around and now with Ariel and talk about all these things for an hour. Mm -hmm. And just as any anybody who's a non-believer could sit around and talk about it for an hour or two. Right. So that's that's the goal. Yeah, and, and we want, I want to remind you before we get to our topic today that uh, if you haven't listened to the Apostles' Creed portion and you are choosing to go through the Foundations course, I would, we'd love you to check out that podcast tied to the 15-minute course. So uh, these, these videos uh, and these uh, podcasts aren't exactly tied to one another, but they would, that'd be awesome if you walk through these, these, uh, these things together. Cause it's, we're just going a little bit deeper, uh, into what we're, what we're walking through with the lessons. And they're so. both meant to start conversations. That's right. So just know that like, if you watch a 15 minute video, you're not going to get all your answers mm-hmm. until you sit across from somebody and have a conversation. That's about right. It. That's right. All right. So Ariel, thank you once again. I know long intro there, but uh, tell us really quickly about what you do, 
who you are and uh, what you love. Cool, yeah. yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me, you guys. This yeah. is awesome. Um, I work here at Stones Crossing Church with you two, and um, I have the privilege of being our connections director, which means that I just um, try to be the the one who oversees the process of new people coming to our church mm-hmm. and getting invested and, and involved and helping them know that they can have a family here as part of this local body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the body, we all have um, different giftings and different ways that we um, can serve each other. And so what I do is I just hand them off to the next thing and help them get plugged into a ministry. Uh, and that's just a joy. That's really fun. But I also have um, a, a family. I have a husband and three boys. Uh, this year is our first year to have a teenager in the house. We have a 13-year-old. And um, I just have a love for God's Word and um, get to also see that played out here at Stones by um, overseeing our women's ministry, um, our women's Bible study, and then our, our Moms Crossing um, team as well. So that's that's a little bit of what I do here. Yeah, and I know we're going to ask you later about y- your love for the Word, but you also, like, you don't have a traditional, like, I just started ministry out of college story. Right. So tell yeah. people, like, a little bit about your background. Yeah. I mean, it goes all the way back to, like, I went, I went to college, um, got a degree uh, not in ministry. I was going to be an art teacher. I taught for three years in the public school, mm. um, had my first son, and uh, had the privilege of getting to stay home. Uh, during that time was just kind of, like, trying to figure out who I am and what I'm going to do. Um, but th- there was a moment where I was serving in our, in our church body. You know, I've been here for about 16 years. My husband and I have been at part of Stones. And um, I just loved serving on teams here and just uh, just getting to help lead people as a layperson. Mm. Um, so much to the point that all of a sudden one day I remember just being in the shower and saying, you know, God, I would I would do this for you professionally. If, like, if you can use me in our church, like I would do that. Um, and you know, not two months later, a, a, a position opened on That's staff. Wild. And yeah. so it was really, it was really cool mm-hmm. to see that unfold. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a, your typical career mm-hmm. ministry professional. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, um, I made myself available to do and God was willing to use me. So, yeah, and, and that's one of the coolest things about our relationship, Ariel is, is you started working here, not as a sister. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I knew Ariel because we went to the same church and we had been in the same circles some. You know, I was much, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I was in high school uh, when I first, or I was in middle school, I guess, when I first came to Stones, but like we never really crossed paths. Yeah, and yeah. Now I see you as a sister in Christ and we're going to get into all that, but it's really cool to grow in, in like when we talk about a, a conversation with Christians longing f- to do theology and community mm-hmm. that's the whole like this th- really our conversations Ariel uh over the last 12 months probably is what's really stirred me on to do a podcast like this to be completely honest with you so oh, um awesome. you've really encouraged me and so I appreciate that ah. uh, so today today we're talking about um talking about the scriptures talking about the bible uh and and, and I know immediately when you hear uh, okay we're talking about the bible like we immediately begin to fill that void with what is the Bible. We know what the Bible is. It's the Word of God. And, and what's the, okay, what's the purpose of the Bible? But today we're going to talk about how do we handle the Bible? How do we handle it in, 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 a, in a way we think that the Lord has called us to handle it? Because I know so often, and this was my story for the longest of time, was when I approached the Scripture, uh, I felt like I just didn't know what to do with it. I would read Scriptures. I would read passages and be like, I have no stinking clue where this is headed. Uh, and now I know why I was kind of hitting those pitfalls, but uh, I, at the time I was like, I would just close the book. You know, I would close the book because I'm like, I don't know where, I don't know what to do. This is confusing. It's not worth my time. Uh, and that's because I didn't really know w- how to read the scripture. I didn't really know how to, 
how to begin to approach it in a way that I think that the Lord is calling us to. And so have you guys had similar experiences with that? Um, or, I mean, the great Mitch Green, I think he's probably just always known. No, honestly, though, Luke, I, I was thinking about it even one layer farther back because I think that is kind of the world that, that I've, we've lived in for a while as we come across things that confuse us and then we just ignore them or we move on or we don't find the answers. And, and I always ask the question, like, how long is it okay to not have an answer? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have that in your mind? Because some people, they'll go <laughs> decades mm-hmm. with the same questions. And I just don't know if that's okay. But even before that, I think for me, once I started to enter um, college, I remember that there were people that I knew that were professing Christians that were believing things that I think the Bible is very clearly against. Mm-hmm. Just flat out, like, not even things that we can sometimes argue what is it saying, but it was like, I think the Bible's really against that. Mm-hmm. But they were getting their ideas and their resources from something else. So, you know, whatever their source may be, you know, but they were saying that, oh, no, I, you know, I, I believe the Bible, but I also think this is true. And this truth over overrides the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like that started to raise the question of, okay, what level of authority is the Bible supposed to have in my life? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, no, it is the total authority. Authority. So I don't reconcile um, the Bible with my ideas. Like, I don't take the ideas of the Bible and then say, now what do I think? Mm. Okay, how does the Bible fit into that? No, it's the other way around. That's right. And so for me, I think that was one of the, great, the greater points in my faith journey because what that meant for me was that I had to now find the answers mm. because I, wasn't, I couldn't let the thing sit. If there was something in the Bible that went against something that maybe I thought— I was like, well, now I really got to work to figure this out mm-hmm. because I can't let it sit here because I'm talking about the way I'm going to live in my beliefs. And and I think through that, I found that the Bible's right mm-hmm. and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And the Bible's consistent and I'm not always consistent. Yeah. So that was more that was more my journey. And then as a student pastor again, holy cow, man, I see that all the time. I mean, I, when I was a student pastor, yeah. I would all the time people go to college, they come back and be like, yeah, but the church is like this. And I see this like this, and I'd be like, well, wait a minute, like, what's the Bible Are you say? checking with the scripture? And they would go, well, no, like, I don't, like, I'm not even really, I'm like, read it. Yeah. yeah. Like, read it. Read yeah. it and get your answers. But don't, again, as we talk about in the videos, the point one is about the Bible's the authority. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we, I don't know, I could talk for days. Sure. And I'm sure we'll now, talk about I, it for I, the next 40 yeah. minutes, so I'll pause there. Ariel, <laughs> take yeah. it away. Well, I want to get, I want to get Ariel's take on, on, I think there's a second problem with uh, approaching scripture too sometimes, and only you have spoken into this best, uh, about folk theology. You know, is where we kind of, you know, you, I'll let Ariel explain it, but what is that? What, what's the problem with folk theology? How does it happen? You know, sometimes we just assume things or maybe we like, uh, yeah, the Bible says that. Well, where do we get that? Not from the scripture. So, like, we explain that a little bit. Yeah. So that was just a word that I either heard somewhere or came up with on my own. Mm-hmm. That it was, it's a really practical way to describe what happens when we take um, we take tradition and mix it with what someone has read about the Bible or has. It's kind of a game of telephone, to yeah. be honest. Mm. And so we end up not owning our own faith. We have it passed down to us through generations. And you've all probably been in a situation where you could say, somebody told you the Bible says mm. X, mm. and then maybe you found out that it actually doesn't. Yeah. And I remember that about something about race. I remember that about all kinds of things. Yeah. And, and, and becoming an adult and finally, you know, getting into a groove of reading the scriptures and finding out that what they told me was untrue mm. and that there's 
there's actually a bigger story there. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we just don't want to be um, a people who are content with having our faith passed to us and living as that is the highest goal. Mm. Um, know what you believe, know yeah. what you believe. And, and so I think what you're trying to do here is give them the tools that's to right. know, and that's great. That's right. So, so, so now we kind of understand some of the pitfalls sometimes, right? When we do approach the scriptures and, and, and maybe, you know, for me, it was my immaturity and my faith that I didn't even know where to start. Um, you know, I was the classic kid. I was a youth group kid, always asking my youth youth leader, like, where do I start? Okay, I won't open the Bible. Where do I start? And then he'd be like, start here. It'd be a great starting point. And I just wouldn't read it. Six months would go on. And I'd be like, oh, where should I start? <laughs> like, well, you should have started back then. Um, but uh, so if, if we understand kind of some of the pitfalls and even, uh, you know, for some of you guys listening, I struggle uh, to consistently read the scriptures now. So I, I'm not making the claim in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I have a newfound love for the scripture. So so how do we how do we approach the scripture? If we understand, you know, some of the pitfalls and some of the reasons that we can convince ourselves maybe not to, mm-hmm. uh, why should we read the scriptures and how should we do it? Yeah, I mean we start we start in the videos and we talk about, you know, why we should read the scriptures because they're the authority. But I think honestly one of the things that you do best in the video is you talk about again what is the bible mm-hmm. <laughs> like it and and there's a lot of different answers to that mm-hmm. you know there's it's the word of god you know so that's kind of supports its authority for mm-hmm. us but one of the other answers is that it's the story of jesus christ and so when we're talking about like foundational where where should you begin to read the bible well you could you could gain a lot by reading it chronologically um but you might come across some some parts where you're you know you get stuck and Mm -hmm. and and you get paused and you don't know what to do you know another way that i think is good to read the bible is to start with jesus you know to lay that foundation of who christ is so you know, I think in some instances it's worth beginning, you know, at the Gospels. Again, don't ignore the riches of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm advocating. But really understanding that the Bible is the story of Jesus. It points towards Jesus. It points back mm-hmm. to Jesus. Um, and so I think I think once we understand, you know, what is the Bible really doing? Um, what is what is the unveiling narrative? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, honestly, I think... This is a little unfair because I've, I've kind of grown and changed my opinion on this. But I do think the biggest issue with people reading the Bible is that people don't read in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the issues that Christians really struggle with is that we're just not all good readers. And I can say that because I was a really bad student. So we have a hard time being drawn to read the Bible because we have a hard time to being drawn to read anything. Mm-hmm. And in reading comprehension... Um, I just saw a study the other day that said the closest, um, the greatest, the greatest indicator of SAT scores is did your kid read? Mm. Like when they were younger, did they read? And and so I don't want to get off on a tangent there, but but what I'm what I'm trying to say is that like you may be struggling to read the Bible, and it's not necessarily that the Bible is the issue. It might be that there's some foundational reading mechanics, understanding narrative and things that would help this for you. But again, at the heart of it, it's like starting with an understanding of what the Bible is trying to accomplish, which is point towards a Messiah, tell you the the story of the Messiah, and point back Mm. (laughs) to the Messiah is is really foundational. Yeah, and I would add to that and say that um, another way you could look at starting to read the Bible is to find a good biblical theology outline Mm -hmm. of what Mm -hmm. the story is about. And so, you know, as humans, we think this story is about us. And so we go to it looking for answers about ourselves Mm -hmm. because we have this 
this um, anthrop anthropology question. You know, mm -hmm. like, what does this mean about humanity? Yeah. Why am I here? Um, when really, this is God telling us why he's here and then why we're here, That's you know? Right. And, uh, and really... Once I started to see the story was about God wanting to live with his people, them breaking the breaking that um, union with him um, and choosing, you know, this this Satan over over God, mm -hmm. over dwelling with him and then him coming up with another plan to fix it, which is the Messiah. And then everything points to that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's mind blowing yeah. and that how it'll bring it all back together. And then he mm -hmm. will dwell with his people again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, once I started to see this meta narrative, I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, and you know, I heard somebody describe it as a love letter. You know, if you were um, married to someone and you've ever had to live apart uh, early on in your marriage to get to know each other you probably either had to talk on the phone or write letters mm -hmm. back in the day when we had people going to war mm -hmm. and you wouldn't want to take a letter from someone that you are trying to get to know and love and just read like a little tiny section of it yeah. and then say this that's is right. this is who that person is and this is what I'm supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, you're getting to where I wanted to go. Because <laughs> I was going to say I think that's I think that's the other thing again not only do we have like bad reading mechanics, we have really bad Bible reading mechanics sure. where we've been yeah. trained to kind of okay, I'm going to pick a verse or two and pull it out. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's just take that back to even just reading mechanics. It's like who's going to read two pages out of Harry Potter? and think that they understand what's going on in the story. True, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, who's who's going to do that? I mean, and, and, and we're not even getting to the contextual side of these specific letters and these specific narratives that typically they were going to be read in one setting. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the, like they were never intended for you to say, like, let's take this little, like, sure, like there's parts that you should remember and you should memorize, mm -hmm. and but it's like, man, there are clear intentions behind how this is supposed to be read. Um, that we often mm. just totally neglect and we approach it and go, oh, I want to know about all the Bible verses that talk about giving, you know, <laughs> and then we go to our hope or anything, you know, we just, and then we go in yeah. and so, we just read those two verses with no idea about what's going on in the context. Yeah. So, so help, so help us, tr help us, um, rightly approach the scripture, right? So when we're going to read the Bible, uh, mm -hmm. what should we, what should be first of mind for us when we're reading the Bible? What should we be coming in? You know, I always say like with my tool belt, what, 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 what I need on my tool belt to help me understand uh, when I'm reading the Bible, because I don't want it to, to create a barrier that like, oh, good luck, go for it. It's yeah. going to be crazy. No, but like what, 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 how can we help uh, those who are listening that like, okay, when you do approach your Bible, this is what you should be thinking about, right? So, uh, you know, when I think about it, uh, uh, I think about, like, think about this story. The story is that God created, God created in his image, that man fell, and ever since, God has been redeeming his people back to himself. That's how good and faithful our God is. And once, he brings his son in full. But before that, leading up to Christ, I mean, think about, like, the, you know, all of the things that God is using. He's using the prophets to get his word to people. I mean, God wants his words to people. He's trying to get back to the people. He's always, he's being faithful, even when the people over and over and over and over are unfaithful to him. Our God is a faithful God. And so when we catch wind of that redemptive story, when I plop into Ezekiel, or when I plop into James, or when I plop into Genesis, I begin to say, oh, this is where I'm at in that redemptive story. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I want to say one thing um, before we even get into like kind of the tools, mm-hmm. the tool belt you're yeah. talking about. I think we have to remember first again. So, the, so the Bible is the Word of God. You speak about the Holy um, Spirit, and so and well, well, and yes, the Bible is the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit is at work. Amen. Um, you know, this is we see this in the end of the Gospels, and we see this at the beginning of the Acts that the Holy Spirit is is making um, this story known to us as we're reading scripture. So so that has to be the backdrop because everything we're going to say going forward about these disciplines, they're really helpful and they're really useful. But like the Bible's edifying if you just open it and read it. Absolutely. So like yeah. like like you could hear us That's go right. on and just be like, oh, here's all these tools. And, yeah. and, and yeah. someone's like, well, now I don't have a clue how to do it. Right. And we're like, no, 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 no. Like, Read your Bible and the Holy Spirit's at work revealing truth. Yeah. It's the primary, you know, way yeah. that God speaks is is through this. So mm-hmm. so it's like know that as the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Now we can start yeah. to talk about the tools. And, and, <laughs> and that's why it's important in the lesson I say, you know, that the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy, the, 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 the Word of God is the Holy inspired inherent Word of God. So it's without, it's without fault and it's inspired by the Spirit of God through human authors. So when we read it, as when I, my, I myself as a believer in Jesus, and I've explained this uh, before on this podcast, I have the Holy Spirit in me. So when I'm reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, right? I, I'm reading the Holy Spirit's in, in you know, um, it's revealing authoritative it Word. He, like, he's it's being yeah, revealed. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. And so it, it makes sense why I have. Uh, I can approach the scriptures, and the Holy Spirit's going to be, you know, working up and churning in me of the truths of, of God. Now I want to say, okay, what kind of tools can help us, mm-hmm. help us deal with those scriptures, uh, even in, in in a way that's like, oh yeah, I'm right here. I'm, uh, this this really this this tool really helps me. So what are some of those things? Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, I think that's a perfect place to start. I'm really glad that you brought that up, and um, I like to think of it as like nourishing yourself. Mm. So you've often heard the word of God being something we should we should feast on. Mm. And so if you're thinking about um, the way you might be reading it right now is where you just jump in on a verse and you and you devour that verse and you let that edify you for the day. Mm. That's not a bad thing, but right. I would I would compare that a little bit to like having a Hershey's kiss. Mm. Um, it's sweet and it's helpful. It gets you through, it gives you a boost of energy. Um, but it's not going to be sustaining. And so for the next step as as better food to start growing in the spirit and growing in in, uh, in your walk and as a Christian is to start feeding yourself long term. Mm. And so that's where I think some of these hermeneutical tools that we call them would be helpful is knowing that if you are jumping into like the Psalms, you're knowing that's a different genre than say Acts where Luke wrote a narrative. Mm. It's actually a story. Um, and you know, we would never read, um, a piece of literature today and not think about what type of literature it is. Like Harry Potter is one of my favorite fictional stories. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to jump into Harry Potter and assume that this really happened. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to assume that this is love poetry either. So, you know, that, those are all things to help you feel confident in what the spirit has done Mm -hmm. and what he is doing and he's revealing it as as you're as you're growing mm, that's exactly yeah. right yeah any like even before we get to those tools i will tell you that every single one of us when we read our bibles um we access things like commentaries yeah. um i do i don't teach on something without watching the bible project 
um, another resource that just helps me understand where I'm at in a narrative, mm -hmm. reminds me mm -hmm. of the full story because maybe I'm not going to read the whole book in this setting. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me really of where are we at in the middle of this. Yeah. Um, and as Ariel was saying, I think I think understanding genre is really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, again, that that the Bible is made up of letters, it's made up of poems. It's made up of apocalypses, you know, these, these stories that are pointing towards the end. It's made up of biblical narrative, which again, biblical narrative, it's, it's a narrative written for a specific people group at a specific time. So sometimes there's examples and things that are used that we have to think about, mm -hmm. you know, the, there's an audience in mind. Um, and so there's, there's these different genres of literature that we're reading that help. There's law, mm -hmm. there's wisdom literature. And, and when we know that, it's and, and even within the context of books, and actually, if you look at the notes, it's pretty, pretty well, pretty easy to see, you know, like they're about to go into a poem. They're about to go into a song. They're about to. Yeah, that's know. the nice indentation yeah. of like yeah. the typing. Right. Things. But we don't, but we don't, we don't always think about that. Yeah. And I think when we do, then we will understand, okay, this is what this author is right. trying to accomplish right. in this passage. That's very good. That's very good. I, thanks for bringing that clarity. Um, so now let's, let's head into like, okay, I'm going to approach the scriptures and what are some hermeneutical, hermeneutical terms like uh, uh, tools, sorry, that, that Ariel alluded to. And so uh, the first is, is, is we explain this in the lesson once again, but um, I want you to think about when you're approaching the Bible, and I want you guys to speak into this as well. When you're approaching the Bible, and we're going to actually show you an example of how we do this in one of the scriptures. Uh, and, and, and we're probably going to slap our hand while we're doing it because we're doing one verse. Uh, so, uh, but we're going to, I want to show you kind of how to, to start to use these tools. And so the tool I like to use is understanding the passage or the book in which we're approaching. So uh, let's say we're reading um, one verse. Well, in that one verse, it's compiled of a bunch of verses in that paragraph. And in that paragraph, it's compiled of a chapter. And that chapter belongs within the book. Like take, you know, John chapter 3, verse 2. That verse, there's one, one verse before it, and there's plenty of verses behind it. It fits in an entire chapter, chapter, uh, and then it fits in the entire book of John. So John is going to write his book uh, with a beginning, you know, like he's using the, the very first sentence of, of John is in the beginning. So he, we, have an, we know we have a beginning mindset. So when we read chapter 3, it fits into the whole book of John. Well, the whole book of John fits into the whole New Testament, and there's a New Testament story. And the New Testament, of course, fits into the whole of Scripture. So when I'm approaching Scripture, I'm understanding, okay, I'm not just reading this verse that exists on a blog by itself, but it is actually attached to the whole of Scripture, the whole narrative story, like we've been alluding, the whole narrative, the whole redemptive story of Jesus Christ, which I would say is the crux of the Scriptures. I want to say one small thing, and because and, because I think this is really what you mean. What you're saying, when you said, I'm understanding, we're also really saying we're looking mm -hmm. for. Like, all three of us are not, we're not people that we just know that right Oh, away. no, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. We're searching not, for that not, meaning. I know you're not saying that, but I want I want people to know that it's like, no, like, like that's, that's what the process that we begin yes. to go through when we approach the scripture mm -hmm. is we say, all right. Where are we at? Yep. We don't just automatically. I mean, there are people who do, but not often not for me. me. I just am like, yep, I know right where we're at. Mm -hmm. And I know, again, I have to be, walk that process out yeah. that you're saying to understand yeah. that. I think it's a good time to tell your listeners that, you know, every single person who stands on, on a stage or at a pulpit, mm -hmm. 
is ongoing learning the Bible because it is a lifelong process oh and is a book that will never be mastered. And no. if you ever feel like it will be, then that's a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I think this is, you know, classes like these are so amazing because what I think you're seeing the church wanting to do is to close that gap between mm. the expert and then the reader that's learner right. on that's Sunday right. morning. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, it seems like churches are trying to give you tools in order for you to understand understand in the same way and then be able to interact with Sundays Mm. even better. Um, Yeah. yeah. I will tell you, the more I grow in my knowledge of the Bible, the bigger my God gets. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. The bigger my God gets. It's like, it's, it really is like munching uh, on food Mm -hmm. that I'm being lifted up. I'm being grown into Christ as I learn more about who Christ is, more about the redemptive story of our father and the more about how the spirit works. As I'm reading the Bible and learning uh, how to connect to these different things. I'm seeing our God is so big and so great and so worthy of our praise. And that's why we're passionate about reading the gospel. That's why we're passionate about reading the Bible, because it grows us up into Christ, becoming more like him, you know, and yeah. imitating him. So to continue on the practical yeah. side, you know, so, so you kind of laid out this, this is how you're understanding the book mm-hmm. within the context of the other books or the passage within the context of the other passage. Passages. I think the next thing is to think about the setting and thinking about the author, thinking mm-hmm. about their intentions yep. for writing the book. Um, there's some, there's a reason why they're writing it. Yeah. And that may have a historical backdrop to it. Something is happening in, you know, either the Jewish setting or something is happening mm-hmm. within the church. And they're writing this book from that backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can think about who's writing it. And so they are going to have a different bend and a different thing that they're trying to approach when they're writing this passage. And then you're actually looking at the things that they're saying in the passage. So, you know, one, and and, and again, this is just where things get so much more rich to you. You know, for me, like one of the best examples of this was when I was reading through Ephesians and I started to really understand what adoption looked like in Ephesus. Mm. Um, And I even read, I read a, a, a first century resource the other day where they were this, this, um, this leader in Rome is is telling people, um, giving them the legal right to disown their children, mm. um, and he's be, like, he's like, if they're a boy, keep them; if they're a girl, get rid of them. And this is for, this is this is uh, this is a leader in Rome mm-hmm. writing this to the people in Rome because they're all about the perfection of society. So when you think about that as the context of the backdrop, and then you see, you know, Paul write this letter to this church. In a community that we know historically is full of a lot of outcast mm-hmm. people, some which have been adopted, this is the backdrop of the church. And Christ is saying to them that you, or Paul's saying that Christ has adopted you into the family of God. Mm-hmm. You're like, mind yes. blown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so rich. But, but again, sometimes we don't know that without understanding the contextual backdrop that's happening um, for this book in the context that it's been written in. It yeah. makes things so much richer. It's kind of yeah. that whole nother layer of it. To add to that, so, I, you know, my D group is reading First Peter, and we read this passage about submission to authorities, and, you know, during an election season, mm-hmm. we can get a little fired up about that and think, there's no way I would ever submit to, you know, President X, mm-hmm. you know, because they do this, this, and this. But you think about it, Peter's writing to an audience who's in Rome, and their emperor at the time is Nero. Mm-hmm. And if you know about Nero, he's tarring Christians Believers. and lighting yeah. them on fire and using them to, you know, 
Yeah, he's mentally insane. He's crazy. Like, like, like literally, he's he's <laughs> like like when no one would look at either. Well, some people would, but most people would not look at either one of the two, you know, political leaders that were up and would go like, the dude is diagnosably a madman. He's right. insane. He needs to be in a loony house. Right. Yet we have evidence that that was the leader mm-hmm. at the exactly. time of this right. writing. Yeah. And it's just it just it just grows your picture of understanding what's yeah. happening. For sure. Yeah, so so Ariel, help me understand uh, historical context, uh, cultural context. So now let's shift into we understand, okay, we we know that an author wrote this. Uh-huh. An author can is going to write um, you know, uniquely to how their their style that doesn't tr- that doesn't trump that the Holy Spirit was, you know, was was inspiring this in any way yeah. shape or form. Help us understand that a little bit. But now we want to know the historical context of the time is written, what's going yeah. on in, in the cultural moment will help us understand that a little bit. So I would break it down even smaller for um, for your listeners, kind of how we do here at our um, in our teacher training at mm. Stones. So we'll start with original audience. So okay. we take the text and we take it directly. We want to think about the original audience mm. first, and so that takes into account all the things you guys have mentioned so far, where you know someone is writing it for a purpose, and who are the people that they're writing it to, and why, mm. what's going on at the time. You know what it what is uh, the the cultural climate, who are the rulers, what has happened in the story thus far, that they need this piece of writing or this, they would maybe even be hearing it. Why, why are all these things repeated? Well, if they couldn't read or they weren't having access to um, the writings, then you know, oh, it's got to be easy to remember so they can pass it down. So mm-hmm. that's why they keep repeating these things and these phrases and making these numbers easy to remember. Mm-hmm. So and once we have that, then we can do the next step. Um, and so after original audience, we want to think about taking it to Christ mm. and running it through. Yes. And so when you guys talk about everything yeah. in the Bible points to Christ, mm. either forward or backward, yeah. um, we think about what does Christ's sacrifice and redemption of broken people mean mm. for this moment right. that I'm reading? That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. That just gets me fired up. And <laughs> I always use the, I love using Isaiah chapter 9. I, I just kind of like that's a kind of a, a, a fixated point in my mind mm-hmm. uh, that in Isaiah it says unto us a child is born and they'll call him wonderful counselor and and they begin to talk about the son of God Jesus Christ coming as their Messiah and he's not there and he ain't coming tomorrow you know and so what happens is in the whole in the scriptures is there's this like building up like a tidal wave of the Messiah the, uh, of, of looking towards and forward to the Messiah coming. And then the, then the Messiah comes, and the whole of Scripture is looking toward that, is building to that point, the full, the, you know, the, the Son of God has come. Uh, and then after Jesus dies and uh, rises again and would later ascend, whatever happens after that, as the church is beginning, they're looking back to their hope and trust in Jesus, yeah. right? So it, there's this middle point, this, this, this peak of Jesus coming to earth, the, the God-man coming to earth, and to fulfill what the entire tidal wave, if you will, of the Old Testament was leaning upon in coming in Jesus. So, so after we understand, you know, the original context, we've put what I call our gospel lenses on, our mm-hmm. goggles, and we look mm-hmm. through it through the lens of Christ. I think then there's really two other probably layers from there. Um, one of them we address, both of them we really address in the video, but you know, the, the next layer is the tradition of the church. Yeah. So it's like, so next is like, okay, once you come across something, and you've looked at the original context and maybe you can't find your answers or you've now thought of it in light of the gospel truth that we know. Mm-hmm. 
and then you're you're like i still don't really know like say it's a question you're trying to answer well the next place to look is the traditional teachings of the church because there are thousands of years of people who have been wrestling with these same questions people that are closer to it you know people that are more towards the first century that they've wrestled with these things and then there's people you know even up today who are wrestling with these answers and so i think it's really really important that we look to our forefathers we look to the saints that have gone before us to say how did the they answer these same questions and even in that we have to think in light of their context because sometimes their context affects their answers but we need to look to them to say okay this this is another source that can help me understand the scripture is how did this forefather of the faith wrestle with it and if we're going to go away from their answer we need to do that um slowly like we need to do that carefully because they've thought about it a lot and so that's another resource then i think we get to the last spot which is we start to talk about us mm-hmm. Be, what we're what we're saying here is that your personal life experience the way you live your faith does matter when you're reading your scriptures but it's after it's filtered through all these things. Yes. And I'll say that because I'm the one that's probably stands on this hill the least. <laughs> but I'll stand on the hill and say that 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 your what you're going through does matter. Um, how the Holy Spirit's revealing these things to you in scripture does matter, but it's all through these lenses. It's all through these contexts of what was happening originally, what was the original audience hearing, how does this speak to in light of Christ, um, what is the historical teaching around this within the context of the church, and then how does this relate to me? Yeah, and I think what I think what you want to do today, and I am excited to talk about this, is what happens when you short circuit yeah. going through those yes. those lenses first. Yes. So let's go to everybody's favorite verse, as Ariel said before we started recording, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29.11. So I'm going to read Jeremiah 29.11, and then we're going to go ahead and break it down into uh, the what's going on around it, what's going on in the cultural, historical moment, what does this mean in light of Christ, and I'm going to pick on Ariel to talk about the prophecy uh, of what's going on, and what genre is this book, and uh, and then how do we see it through Christ, and then how can we apply it to ourselves. So um, if you have a scripture with you and you want to, you would love to check out Jeremiah twenty nine eleven with us and maybe study the whole chapter of Jeremiah twenty eleven or read all of the book. The whole book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mitch would, in one sitting, Mitch would say. Uh, so Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this: For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is a great passage. This is awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so, so Ariel, you alluded a little earlier, um, but. Before we hit into our tools and how we read this, so what are some of the natural pitfalls yeah, of reading this yeah. script, of reading this passage? Well, first, before I start, let me be sensitive because I have seen this not go sensitively in the past, and mm-hmm. I just really want you to know that if this has been, you know, your life verse or this has been a verse that you have really clung to in times of hardship. Mm-hmm know that the Holy Spirit uses that for a very specific purpose. Amen. Um, and what we're trying to do is just expand your, your knowledge of what he has done in the history of the church through this verse and making it grow for you so that he grows for you. Amen. He doesn't actually grow, but your view of him grows. Amen. And so what could happen here as Americans, because we are so different from whom this was wrote, written right. for, is we're going to read this and think, oh gosh, pr- prosper me. Mm-hmm. I can think of some ways I'd like to be prospered. Mm-hmm. I can think of a, a future I want. 
um, which might be completely different from what the Lord wants for me. Um, I can think of specific things that I might really, really want that may be actual. We talk about, you know, that that parable of asking um, a parent. A parent would never give their child a snake when they ask for a fish. Well, sometimes we are asking God for snakes. You know, we think that we're asking for something really good. Um, But God knows better because he can see the whole picture. Well, and what happens when something is not prosperous in our life? Exactly. Something that's not going well. This verse, well, I got to find a new verse. Yeah. I got to find a new verse because this no one lo- long, lo- no longer applies. And if I can be really sensitive from a female perspective, I, I've known women who have prayed this verse because they want to have a baby. Mm. And if you've ever struggled with infertility, let me just say like that I, I am so sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry. What a hard, hurtful um, place to be. Um, and so when this when they pray this, they wonder, why have I not had a baby? Mm. Or maybe they never do. Mm. Is my God no longer faithful? Does he not plan to prosper me and give me a future? Mm. What is my future? I thought I was going to be this, mm. you know. And, uh, and you know, thankfully our God is so good that he does plan to prosper us and give us a future. Yeah. It just might be completely different from what we see here That's and right. now in this world. And I think I think why we really get fired up about it, and I know we're, we're, we're going long today, but that's yeah. okay. Why we, why we get fired up about it? is because we see people abuse this. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and it tears we, away from their yeah, faith. Yeah, yeah. We, we see, and I'm not even talking about the ind- individuals who've done it. I'm talking about the leaders, mm-hmm. the pastors, the political yeah. leaders yeah. who who use Scripture in this way to try to accomplish a plan for them, yep. mm-hmm. whether it's for them you to donate them money, mm-hmm. whether it's to continue to build up their earthly kingdom, whether it's just the message that they know is going to ring true with, you know, the fleshly side right. of you is that you want to accomplish everything in this right. life. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we've seen them abuse this. And so, and I mean, it's all across the way. It's people I respect because that's how deep it is in our heritage. I mean, there have been presidents in America going to war, quoting passages out of Jeremiah sure. as they go into battle, as if it's a prophecy for America. Yeah. And it's like, that's, we, that's yeah. a misrepresentation that's of yeah. scripture. Yeah. We have a tendency. And these are presidents that I think are were great presidents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a tendency and, and we're gonna get to this, but we have a tendency where we always want to apply it so strictly to us mm-hmm. that it makes us short sighted in the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Like, oh, it's this moment. Yeah. Right. And and you know, like the you're talking about some past where we can we can deal with the, the scriptures in a, in an odd way. It's like it's itching to the ear to mm-hmm. read words like prosper and plan. And I, I can immediately think God wants everything good to me for me to happen. But what if God actually wants a better thing to happen than that? All mm-hmm. right. So let's tell people how to interpret it. Yeah. We, we've yeah, really yeah. set it up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I want to take us back to Jeremiah 29 verse one, Go for it. Jeremiah verse one of 29. So 29 verse one says, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this tells us exactly who the this is for. It's a letter. Yeah, this is the context, right? Exactly. And so these people have been in Jerusalem. Babylon has ransacked them and taken them as exiles into their city. Mm. And they're, they're getting this notice from Jeremiah that they need to settle down, mm. that this is where they're going to have to stay. Um, but he comes next with, there is a bit of hope mm. that, I, that God says he has a plan and a future for you. 
but it may not be exactly for you. It may be for your children. You may not even get to see it. Um, And so, but to trust him that he is going to provide for your family and he's going to preserve his line and make sure that his will comes to fruition. Which again, contextually speaking, you know, to the original audience, they're they're more concerned yep. with the family line than they're concerned exactly. with their own individual line. I was just getting ready yeah. to say, as that. Americans, we have a very indiv- individualistic mindset yeah. to the way we approach scripture. So, would would we define um, "for I have plans for you to prosper" as you need to stay in this situation and basically make it home because you're not going to get to go where you want to go? Mm. Which yeah. is what the passage is saying. Yeah, we would go. That's not prospering. He's faithful, not right this second. <laughs> and although he is faithful, but he will be faithful yes. forever, He's, and specifically in the future. Part of God's faithfulness and His blessing means that you people stay here and make this place home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really what the passage is saying. And right. so, if if that's not the backdrop in which we see it in, then we start to drift into what we were saying and start to say that well, God has promised me that I'm going to prosper in these ways. Mm-hmm. God is. God has promised me that I will gain these things. And, yeah. you know, and, and really, there's even like translation translation issues where it's really talking about peace. Like, yeah. it'll provide you peace. Right. <laughs> which, which peace, mm-hmm. you know, as the New Testament tells us, yeah. surpasses understanding. It's not based off your situations. Right. It's, it's based off of what's outside your situations and mm-hmm. what God's doing. That's so, right. Mm-hmm. So yep. while it's not, it's not like it's, I, I think sometimes we can go so strong to look at a passage like this and we can say that like, well, like there's really no truth in here for me. But but the truth is that like, no, like God's faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And you said something about peace, which sparked mm-hmm. my memory of what. So Luke and I have gotten to take this um, theology of John mm-hmm. class and we're looking at the book of Revelation. And really the the end of the story is that God will dwell with his people in perfect peace mm-hmm. in, a, in a temple city that we get to be part of and in, inherit. That's right. And, and that is our hope. That is our future. Mm-hmm. And when we can look at it that way, we know that the exactly. outcome is perfect. Yes. Not only will we have, you know, it's not a, a shallow, you know, peace here on earth that can't truly be um, achieved. It's it's a perfect peace that is great. And, and I think so understanding, understanding this verse uh, in this chapter in a, in a way that's understanding, okay, I can actually get a bigger picture of God's faithfulness. I will, will treat the, I'll treat my life differently because, I'm, oh, that's how God works. God's not always faithful in this vo- very moment. I mean, what when, when I mean by God's not always faithful in this very moment, it means he's not faithful in how I want him to be faithful, but he's faithful over all of time and he's working out all things good. And he says, we are his workmanship, right? Right. That, that what the part that we play in the story is that he is redeemed deeming his people back to a point, like you said, Ariel, where they, God will dwell with his people in perfect peace one day. And that's not, we're not here yet, but we're going to be there at one point. And so I think really, Luke, what, what you're doing right there for people is you're showing them that, that there is a way to take this scripture and start to understand what does this mean in light of the experience that I'm going through? Mm-hmm. Well, really, what does my experience mean in light of this scripture? Mm-hmm. And and there is a way to apply that to yeah. to it. But rarely is it, well, never really is it like this was written just for you as the sole audience to prosper the thing that you have floating around in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. as you're reading it. In fact, it's going to be more a message of what is God doing in eternity Mm -hmm. with the history of the world, (laughs) with the people group, and how does this relate to me? Well, the answer almost always is going to be, it should provide me peace. Mm -hmm. It should provide me hope. 
issue in, in the midst and of why, what I'm going through. Why? Well, it's that next step of after the original audience as we look at the we look at the cross. You beat me to it. Yeah. The reason that we get that peace is through the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we look to him as as the the one who makes it happen. Yeah, so that's what we get to do with that passage. So yeah. so like you're saying, yes. it's like now we can go and we can go and say, okay, so like if I just read this and then I saw that they stayed in exile and I saw that they, for a, I mean, they're stuck there for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and and then I would go like, well, when when are they going to prosper? But see, we're, we're again, we're looking at this through the gospel lens. So we mm-hmm. see that a Messiah was sent. Yep. Mm-hmm. We see that through the line of David, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we have the Messiah. We see... That, you know, all things are even going to be promised to be restored in eternity, as you were saying. And so we go, oh, it happened. I mean, I mean, we see right. it happen. It's it's right. like watching, you know, I, I were pulling from books and these are literally just a small taste of the biblical narrative. But sometimes they're easier for people to connect with. It's like seeing a scene early on in Lord of the Rings and going, there's absolutely no way that they come out from this. Mm-hmm. But you've already seen the whole movie. Yeah, that's exactly. You go. I know how this ends. That's it. And if you can read it with knowing the movie in mind, then the small details become so much bigger, right? That oh yes, they were concerned with the line. They were concerned in their moment for them getting back to the place where they called home, and it was necessary for them. But God, that's not God's plan. So it was uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. But then you fast forward, and Jesus has come through the line of David, like you were alluding, Jesus has done, and he's kind of beginning that new creation coming back, that he's, he is bringing with him the kingdom of God. Now things are starting to flow. Now things, the good and prosperous plan that God will have for all of time for us to rest in him for eternity is becoming, oh my gosh, Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 fits in that story. I wish you guys could see his hands. <laughs> he is like gesturing yes. all over the place. Yeah, but there, it gets me. Yeah. I, always, I always tell people that. <laughs> it gets me so that. excited, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I mean, if you if you think of like how in the world can three grown people sit in a room and get so excited about something, it's because because it's true. Yeah, because right. this is this is better than fiction. That's and we see this, exactly. and, and this is the last thing I'll say again. This is this is why we believe so much in the Bible being. Um, a source for you in your life. I mean, in your faith, this is the greatest source that you have access to, to hear from God. And mm-hmm. um, Because, I mean, personally, we see this wrestling in our own lives. This is really what we're talking about, the passion side. Yes. I mean, I, I remember being right in the middle of quarantine, and I'm reading Second Corinthians, and, there, I'm, I, and I'm learning about the early church, and I'm like, these people literally believed that their trials grew them in Christ's likeness. Yeah. And, and that the reason they go through their trials is so that they have compassion for other people. Mm. And I'm like, well, is that what I'm, I believe? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that what my church is doing? And it's not just reading the yes, one Mitch. verse. It's, yes, it's, yes. It's, it's, it's reading it and understanding that, mm. wow, this not only encourages me, mm-hmm. but it grows me in my present circumstance. Amen. So I'm not saying it doesn't. It absolutely speaks to what I'm going through. Yeah. But, but, but again, I can, I could give you example after example. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I preach, thankfully often I'm not, I mean, there's positive and negatives to this. Now you've heard me talk about these, but like I get a blank canvas often. And usually I'm just like, yeah, this is the thing that the Lord's working me through, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's in, in, in all of those things begin at scripture. 
they they don't they don't begin somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like they begin in the scripture. And what I found, and we're going a long time, but this is this is the only thing that we should go long on is the is the scripture and how good God is and our faithful God. What happens when I understand scripture better? I see God becoming bigger. My God gets bigger and my world gets smaller. The things of the world don't catch my eye like they used to. The election doesn't wreck me. My president doesn't stop me in my tracks. My 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 current circumstance of a struggle, or if you whoever's listening to this, if you're struggling, your current circumstance, God's faithful even in that. Mm-hmm. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than a lost job. He's bigger than a divorce. He's bigger than a struggle. Our God, like we saw in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, who was faithful for them over all of time. Is faithful with you over all time and he was faithful with getting uh, you know bringing his son and the son was faithful on the cross even to a point of death and he was faithful in rising again and he will one day be faithful in coming back and taking those and, and, and bringing those who believe in him up with them and so the point is that when we understand the scriptures all of a sudden i hope we give you a tiny little picture of how god becomes bigger and our and our problems become smaller uh, so uh, okay we've gone a long time so I want to fast track this. I apologize, Ariel. But Ariel, you love the word, and you you at one point have, have kind of confessed that it used to be like me myself and my Bible. And Mitch has laughed at me for saying this out loud. But um, tell me, tell me, short, you know, in a short, fast version, sorry, uh, of how you came to know and love the word. Yeah. If someone's listening, yeah. to this like, yeah, I'm on the other side of that. Like, I, I don't love the word right now. Yeah. How did that happen for you? Yeah, it's so interesting because I would have said, um, you know, 10 years ago, I was looking at people who worked in church or my, our, our pastor's leaders and thought, okay, they, they, they get it. They must have somehow received this extra understanding of the word because I would sit down with the Bible and I did not get it. I didn't understand what it was about. Um, and this comes from many years of being a Christian since the third grade. And I'd be told to go have a quiet time and I'd, you know, sit and open my Bible and have absolutely no idea where to start or what to do with it. And, uh, and being really, really frustrated. Um, and so I was frustrated that I didn't really want to read it. That's right. And, um, and I didn't know how to read it. And so I started in prayer. Um, I knew that God was better than that and that I was, it was something on me that I needed to, to help figure out, but I knew that he would give me the tools. And so I just prayed and I asked him to give me a love for the word. Um, and I, I did pray that a few times and then it started small, um, just small ways. He gave me permission. Like I gave myself permission to write in my Bible. That was the thing for me that oh, started, started clicking. Mm. Um, and I would sit down in the mornings and just really enjoy, um, marking up my Bible and understanding just a little piece of it, bit by bit, um, reading blogs, reading um, other people's writing on the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I would try to read it first and then let them kind of inform a little bit of background on it. Um, and then that started to get bigger and bigger. And then, you know, once I started digging into the word um, really often and in larger chunks and feasting on it um, as a meal rather than just a taste of a verse. Um, it really opened doors for understanding the whole That's story. So cool. And yeah. now, and now you, you guys who are listening might not know Ariel, but now she's teaching regularly other people how to read the Bible, other teacher, other people on, you know, chapters and books and themes of the scriptures. And so Ariel, I just wanted you to know, you've encouraged me so much. Oh, uh, and it is so cool to see you run after the Lord and, 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 uh, always digging through the scriptures and learning more about him. So I'm encouraged by both of you guys. I just want to tell you that. And I hope that if you're listening today that, that you're encouraged to, to turn toward 
uh, your scripture um, and, and, and begin to open it and, and read it regularly and, and just yeah. begin to try to apply those tools mm-hmm. uh, so that you can see a bigger picture of who our God is. Let me, let me, let me like close out with a question, if that's okay. You know, as I was listening to you guys, I was just reflecting, you know, the fact of the matter is that there, there's going to be an authority in our life, mm-hmm. if we like it or not. And, and that authority is God. And we're going to talk about God, you know, next week, who is God? Um, and what is he like? Big questions. But if, if we, if God is not your authority and scripture is not the primary way that you hear from God, you're going to replace it with somebody else. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself that question again, what is, what is driving you? What is your authority? Is it a news station? Is it a specific voice in your life? You know, is it mom or dad? Is it a friend? Is it, you know, celebrity, a celebrity, a TV show, a feeling, the stock market, whatever. I mean, we, we, it could be anything, but there's something that is holding this place in your life. And what we're advocating for is that primarily God is that authority. Mm-hmm. But if you want to grow your belief, the greatest place to begin is with scripture. Yeah. And so then, just ask yourself that yeah. question, and and I would I would I would go from there. I agree. And then answer. and then and then do it in community. Read your scriptures mm-hmm. in community. Mm-hmm. Find brothers and sisters, just like I've gotten the lucky to find with you two. Uh, read with them. Ask them. Hey, what is this connecting to this chapter over there? I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Am I reaching over here, uh, or is this really a theme I'm I'm picking up in the Book of Jeremiah or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it becomes like this this just yearning. It grows and grows and grows as we practice to go to our, turn to our scripture and read. Uh, and what was like abnormal and scary is now uh, where we find our footing. Yeah, I was gonna say I wanted to to say this before, but I wish that the um, the feeling of inadequacy and you know how you were talking about you would you'd be able to see the big picture and not mm-hmm. be so um, wrecked by our immediate circumstance. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish that that would just go away completely. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest and say that the three of us sitting here know that we have to go back to the word right. so often because we get discouraged again and again. Because mm-hmm. as long as we're broken and in this broken word, world, we're going to need the word mm-hmm. to to feed us and sustain us. That's right. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the conversation with Christians. I hope you were. Uh, I hope you were strengthened by this conversation and uh, go in peace.